Seven can go. Children's Church. Everybody else open your Bible to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. It ought to be pretty easy to find. (laughs) That'd be the first book, Keith. First book. <laughs> if you're a visitor or if you're a, or if you're a member or or whoever you are, if you don't have our email address, I think it's on that um bulletin, ain't it? Is it? If you don't have a bulletin, you want to write this down. Our email address is drjesus Two seven two three at gmail dot com. It's not Doctor Jesus. It's Donna Randall. Okay, Dr. Jesus two seven two three at gmail dot com. Reason I offer that um, <coughs> is if you have any questions uh, on a message, or if you uh, if you have any questions about your salvation, or or anything that that we can help you with. Uh, you can send us an email. We will answer that email. Um, we don't do Facebook, but we have that. And you don't have to tell us who you are if you don't want us to know. Any question you got biblically or something's going on in your life, you can send that and we'll get back with you. Our greatest desire is for you to know the Lord and have the life that Jesus died to give you. So um, that's kind of what I'm preaching on this morning is God's plan for you. Uh, you know, before that you, you follow somebody or cling to uh, something, then you have to know that person's intentions and, and be able to see where they're coming from. That's one of the things that creation reveals about God. When you study uh, the first few chapters of Genesis, there's a lot that it reveals of God. And the Bible says that creation reveals His glory. And that's what it's speaking of, of who He is and what is His intentions and plans are for man. You know, uh, man messed that up, Adam and Eve really threw a, a wrench in the gears because of sin, their their choice to doubt God and to disobey God, and it brought sin upon all of mankind and death because of that. But, but God's plans never changed. Uh, and in Christ, His plans can be fulfilled in your life and when you trust and follow Jesus. So uh, I just want to kind of look at God's intentions and God's plans and then that what He has for you. But I wanted to read to you. First off, out of Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, most of you have read this and and probably memorized it, but the Lord says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. You know, uh, in our culture, in our day and time, and I guess throughout history, Satan always tries to lie to people about God's intentions and God's character and God's plans and God's thoughts as if mankind is an enemy of God. Satan is an enemy of God, a hated enemy of God, and God hates sin, but God loves mankind. God loves sinners, and God loves sinners in so much that he sacrificed his son on the cross in order that, that mankind could be saved and restored to God's, God's plan. Because basically, if you look through the scripture and you study the Bible, 
from front to end. You'll see Genesis is the beginning of all things. Revelation is the summation of all things. You begin with a perfect beginning and a perfect creator and a perfect uh, relationship with mankind. Man chose to sin. God's not the author of sin or evil, uh, but man chose to do that. We'll cover that more in the next um, few times, but... But through Christ Jesus, he, he restores all things. And so if you wonder what heaven is going to be like, heaven is going to be just like it was in the beginning before sin came into effect. Heaven's not floating in the clouds playing a harp and having wings on your back. Heaven's going to be dwelling on the new earth that's totally renewed and restored. And the sin curse is going to be done away. We're going to live in a physical renewed body. Okay, perfectly brand new, no sin nature. We're going to have families. We're going to, we're going to enjoy life. We're going to work in the garden of God. We're going to be, uh, involved in all kinds of things, just enjoying what God intended for us to have that sin has robbed from so many people. Now, if you want to be a part of that, the only way to be a part of that is to repent of your sin. Believe the gospel that Christ died for you, was buried and rose again so that you can receive grace and mercy. One of the things you see in, in Genesis is that everything that God does for us, he gives it. He gives it. He gives it. He's a giving God. And the Bible said he gives us all things freely through Christ Jesus. And so you're not going to, like the song we just sang, you're not going to earn it. We don't deserve it. There's nothing that you can do to merit God's love or favor. He already loves you. And what God wants us to do is turn to him and trust in what Christ has done for our salvation and our righteousness. And God freely gives us mercy and grace because Christ has already paid our sin debt. Ain't that good news? It's good stuff. <clears throat> now, looking in Genesis, I'm going to go pretty quickly because I'm going to cover a lot of scripture. Um, but I want to bring out the points to you. So I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. Uh, starting in verse 1, it said, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, and if you have your Bible, I encourage you to underline that, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. And then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above it, the firmament. And it was so, and God called the firmament heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. And then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place, let the dry land appear. And it was so, and God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind. So whose seed, notice it says, is in itself <clears throat> on the earth. And it was so, whatever God speaks, it was so. Ain't that good? And the earth brought forth grass and the herb that yields seed according to its kind. And the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens and divide the day from the night. And let there be for signs and seasons for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light to the earth. And it was so. And then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and morning were the fourth day. 
And then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle creeping things and the beast of the earth according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was what? It was good. And then God said, let us make man in our image, talking about the Trinity, the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have, notice what it says here, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every every tree which fruit yields seeds to you it shall be for food also to every beast of the earth to every bird of the air to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life i have given every green herb for food it was so then god saw everything that he made and indeed it was very good so the evening and the morning were the sixth day now we just read a whole chapter if you've never read the bible before now you can say you've read a chapter all right now I want to go back and I want to, I want to give you some of the crucial points of this chapter as I study in this week that, that reveals God's character and God's plans and, uh, for each and every person who He's created, uh, which is all available to us, like I said, in Christ Jesus. I'm going to give you some verses real quick and you can write them down if you want to. I won't go back and read it for time's sake, but in Genesis chapter 1, verses 9, 12, 18, and 25, you'll notice it says, each day what He saw, it was good. It was good. God wants good for us. When he created everything, think about this. God did not create everything because he needed a creation. He didn't need anything. God did not do it for himself, even though it glorifies him and it is for his glory. Creation was made for us and given to us. Now, God owns it. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But he turns it over to man basically as a gift to go, this is what I've done for you. And everything that he's done for us is good. It also says in verses 12, 20, 21, 22, and 24, and I noticed while I was reading, I missed a couple. You'll notice the words that it talks about to bring forth in abundance, to be fruitful, to multiply, to feel. These are words that describe everything that God desires for our life. Because think about this. His goodness is not a one-time deposit. His goodness is uh, something that is continual. It's always filling, whether it's 
Whether it's God's blessings, whether it's God's mercy, whether it's salvation, whether it's the Spirit of God within us. You know, the Bible says to be continued to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That God continues to want to fill us with life and with everything that we have in Christ Jesus. In so much not only that is that it blesses our lives and it's good for us, but that eventually, hopefully, God's plan is that His glory in you overflows. You know, we, we sometimes make God out to be a pond and Jesus said, it's like I'm like a river. And you'll notice in heaven, it paints a picture of the throne of God. It says, out of it flows a river. Okay, That's what God's goodness is in our life. God wants to continue to fill you. Uh, and the source of that life, you'll also notice in verses 6, 11, 14, 20, 24, and 26. You can go back and study this for yourself if you write down the words. But each one of them, it is the result of God said. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. And listen to me. The devil's a liar. He tries to lie to you about the intentions of God for your life. He tries to lie to you about the love of God in your life. He tries to lie to you about the character of God in your life. He tries to lie to you about your future and what God's plans are. But listen to me. When God says it's so. And the source of life comes from the word of God. His word, as we see here, speaks and produces life. So if the voice that you are hearing. Because the Bible said there are many voices and you got to test those voices. And sometimes we hear all these different voices in our head. If the voice that you're hearing is not producing life and hope and peace, it's not the voice of God. And so many of us go by things that we hear in our head or things that we feel in our emotions or things that we got going on in our mind. That's why it's so important that you get into God's word. That's why he wrote the word down. The word never changes. It's consistent and constant. It's absolute truth. Whether it's today, 2,000 years ago, or 10,000 years from now, God's word is still going to be true because he speaks it and it's so. And it's very important that you not only get into God's word, but do you get God's word in you if you're going to continue to see God's life and blessing and multiplication and productivity in your life. Because think about this. The Bible says that as believers, we're born of the word. God speaks. How does a person say? Because when we humble ourselves and we call out to Jesus to save us, God speaks us to life, raises us just like he did with Lazarus. Jesus didn't have a hands-on experience with Lazarus. Lazarus was dead in the grave just like we're dead in our trespasses and sin. And Jesus called out his name and rose him to life. And he was born to life at that point in time. That's the same thing he does. We're born of an incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. And that's what it's talking about in John chapter 3 when it talks about being born of water. Not speaking of baptism, but the word of God speaks of that water, the well, the river of life that we receive when God speaks it over us. And so in that, think about this. When you look and study the Bible and it relates to God's word... One of the pictures of God's word in the Old Testament is the manna. And you know that he told his people that each day when they were in their wilderness travels and their journeys, that each morning they would get up and they would go out and they would gather manna. God would cause this manna to appear, rain down, however you want to explain that. But it was bread from heaven. Jesus described himself as the bread from heaven in John chapter 6. And so each day they would go out and they would gather up enough manna for that day. And that's why Jesus prayed when he was given the Lord's Prayer, or what we call the Lord's Prayer. He said, give us this day our daily bread. And so if you want that life with inside of you, and, and God wants to, and I'll explain that in a minute, for our lives to be productive in every area, okay? Every area, God wants you to multiply 
in every area that's good. Let's say that. That glorifies him that's good for you. Okay? God knows what you need and God has good for you and God gives good to you. Okay? If you ain't getting it, it's probably because it's not good and you don't need it. But um, each day when I make sure if I want life because I want to live life from the inside out. Most people in our culture try to live life from the outside in. We're looking to, you know, jobs and money and positions and, and uh, recognition and those things to try to make us find life. Lord, like, it doesn't work that way. Because all these different things, when you try to live life from the outside in, you know, maybe you're trying to find life in another person in a relationship, or maybe you're trying to find life in being significant somewhere in some area in your life. That's like trying to raise a dead man from the outside. You know, you're, Jesus described that our lives are like dead. We're full of dead men's bones. We're like a tomb, okay? We've got to get life on the inside. You can paint up the outside of a sepulcher, but it's still dead inside. Y'all with me? Am I making sense? And so we need the life that God gives us, and it's only the Word of God. And so if I want to continue to have life from within and to enlarge in every area of my life, then I need to get God's Word inside of me daily. Not one time, not once a week. And I know what some of you are thinking, and you'll remember what Jesus said when Satan tempted him in the wilderness, and he, and he, uh, there in the book of Matthew and some of the other gospels that Satan tempted Jesus said, you know, he, he had been fasting 40 days. He said, if you are the son of God, turn these, these stones into bread. And Jesus said that man does not live by bread alone. Physical things do not give us life. That's why so many people who have all of these physical things, probably most everybody in this room, we're rich compared to the majority of the world. The majority of the world did not sleep in an air-conditioned home last night on a comfortable bed with locks on their door. And so if you look at us as the majority, we, we, we live like kings. You might not see yourself that way, but you do when you look at people who live everywhere else. And God has greatly shown us favor and blessed us. But that's why so many people in our culture are miserable. They're, 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 they're involved in every, every kind of ungodly filth that they can involve themselves in. They're, they look into drugs. They're looking to, to alcohol. They're looking to terrible relationships. They're looking to, to in some kind of, you know, adrenaline rush, trying to find what, what can fill that empty void and that deadness inside. And it can't do it because bread, physical bread, Jesus saying, doesn't bring you to life. Man doesn't come alive and he doesn't stay alive by physical things, okay? That's why so many people who have bought into the lie, well, salvation is you just walk out, pray the prayer and get on. And then they wonder, why, why was there no change? Why I'm not, why do I not have the experience that, you know, that the Bible talks about? It's not about walking and all saying a prayer and going on about your life. It's about coming to know Jesus. When he lives inside of you and you walk with him daily and you have that relationship, he becomes the life inside of you and brings you to life. He raises you from the dead. And so in that, I don't care how you do it. I just want to encourage you. I'm not telling you to go home and read your Bible because you feel guilty. If you do good reading your Bible, then read it. Each day, spend some time with the Lord. It's not about a check mark. God, I just need to hear from you. I'm going to read and I'm going to just think about that through the day. Ask you to feed my spirit, man. If that doesn't work for you, turn on the radio. They got preaching forever, okay? Tony Evans is an awesome preacher. James McDonald's is an awesome preacher. Charles Stanley, and there's a bunch of them. Internet, all of you got YouTube. You know, there's books that you can buy. There's an endless way to get God's word into you every day. 
while you go about your day, you can be fed, okay, and be becoming alive inside and living life from the inside out. <clears throat> and here's another thing that, that I wanted to bring out while I'm here. At each day, you'll notice here that there are six days that God created, and each day he said it was good. Now you think to the first day. The first day, all he did is divide the light from the darkness. And at the end of the day, he said, it's good. And what I want you to see on that was, he was not looking ahead or, or, or focused on what was lacking. He wasn't like, well, it's going to be good. You know, when I get to the sixth day or once I get the animals made and once I cover everything in, in vegetation and green and make all the beauty, and everything, then it'll be good. He said, it's good. And in your life, it might not be exactly what you're hoping it's going to be. But each day, God's done something good. And that's what we need to look to at the end of each day. God, you know, I can focus on what I don't have. I can focus on what I'm lacking in if I want to. I can look at it and go, one of these days, I'm going to be where God wants me to be. No, no. Each day when you're walking with the Lord, He's forming and molding a new person in you. And He's giving you life. And there are things each day we can go, God... You're so good, and it's been it's been good. Quit focusing on what you don't have. Because here's the thing. At the end of the week, when everything was brought together, he said, it's very good. What we need to do is focus on good and work towards very good. Let God do what he does each day and give God the glory for each day, what he's doing in your life. Now, um, when you look at those words, abundance, multiplying, filling, uh, God's talking about making a productive life. He wants our lives to produce glory for Him, goodness for us. It came from the word that He spoke. You notice when it talks about the, the birds and the beast, and it talks about the grass and the fruits and all that, it talks about the seed. It had seed in itself. That seed is what would produce the life that God wanted it to produce. God's word all the way through there is pointed out to us as a picture of a seed. And when God speaks to you and you get into God's word, God's word wants to get into you to sow a seed in your heart. And what that was was in each tree, okay, when you're, when you're a deer hunter or you're whatever you're doing, maybe you're working yard and you see a pine cone, that pine cone is the seed of that pine tree. That acorn is a nut that didn't fall far from the tree, amen. Y'all get that in a little while. But it's a seed, all right? And, and, and in that, everything, that, when you pick up that beautiful wide oak acorn, when you, hey man, some of y'all hunters all the time, when you find one of those trees and you pick up the acorn, that acorn contains everything in it to become a mighty oak. The power is in the seed. And what God is saying here is the power, and I'm talking to God's people, the power of life and multiplication and productivity and and enlargement is within you. Because God's word speaks that into you and what God says, it's so, and God gives us promises. And that's why it's so important that I get into God's word and that seed gets in my heart. But think about this. He also said, I want you to bring forth these things. Some of you are sitting on a pile of seeds and you're not bringing that forth in your life. You can have the truth in you, but until you act in faith and obedience, how you respond to God's word determines what you're bringing forth in your life. Does that make sense? Y'all with me? Because you, some, some of you come and you hear it and you hear it and say, I know this and I have this. And it's true. God's, God's got a garden going in you. 
but it's just calloused over and you continue to believe wrong things and you continue to disobey and you continue to act upon impulse rather than acting upon truth in your life. But when you begin to go, God, I'm going to trust you even though I don't see. Even though when I look at this acre and all I see is a nut and I don't see power, God's like, you trust me because I placed it within you. Everything that I promise, he's made available to you, not because of you, but because of who Jesus is and what he spoke in your life. And you begin to follow the Lord and obey God God's word and trusting him in faith, you'll see these things manifesting in your life, in your marriage, in your relationships, and you'll see the power of God move because our life is like a well. Remember Jesus talking to the woman at the well, and uh, he asked her for a drink, and he said, basically, if you knew who you were talking to and you asked me for a drink, I would have given you the water of life, and you would have never thirsted again. And what he's saying there is your, your life is like a well. And a well is something that you go out, and I guess nowadays that they got it where it, where it pumps out. But in the old days, you know, you'd have a bucket. I remember when we lived in Denson Springs, there's a well in the backyard there, and it goes down. And when we first moved there, I uncovered, and I looked down inside, and it's pretty deep. My shine, I could see the water down in there, but I saw some other stuff. And one day we got the wild notion we was going to clean it out, so I got a five-gallon bucket and Dropped it in there, ain't, man, there ain't no telling what we pulled out basketballs and shoes and, and all kind of stuff that people had thrown in there and probably my kids threw half of it in there. But, but, but I look at that and go, our, our life is like a well that we draw from. And you can only draw out of what you put in there or what God puts in there. And some of you are trying to fix things in your life, but you're drawing out of, you're drawn out of emptiness, you're drawn out of anger, you're drawn out of frustration, you're drawn out of, of doubt and fear and hopelessness and all these things that you've listened to, all these other voices. And the Bible says, let God put what he wants to put in your well so that you draw life out. And so that, you know, if, if it's not in there, you, God can't work out of it. God doesn't just mysteriously things into your life. Think about this. The Holy Spirit is there. He is present. He's the, he's the presence and the power of God within you. Okay? But you gotta give him some ammunition. I can go buy you the highest dollar brand new gun with a brand new scope and you can sit in a, you can sit in a deer stand or you can go to a target range, but you can't shoot if you don't have no ammunition. It doesn't matter how great that gun is and it doesn't matter how great the presence of the Holy Spirit is in your life. If you don't give him some things to work with, what's he gonna do? And one of the biggest deceptions of the day is that, you know, God's words for the learned and the educated. We're, all, we're almost as Baptists going back to a Catholicism mentality where well, only the people of hierarchy know God's word. No, stupid people like me know God's word. And you grow from it and you understand it. So don't give me no excuse about you can't get God's word. If you're not getting God's word, it's just because you either don't believe or you don't care enough about yourself. To get God's word into you so that you can receive the promises. Remember what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit? He said, I will send the comforter to you and he will bring to mind all of the things I have spoken. The things God speaks is what gives us hope, guidance, direction, peace, grace, mercy, love. You know, all of those things. Faith that comes in our life. And the Holy Spirit calls to mind those things which God has spoken. Now, if you ain't got what God's spoken, what's he going to call? Are you with me? And some of us wonder why, you know, we, we go through the same 
pattern of life of living in defeat and hopelessness and we come and we hear a message like oh that's good you know and then two days later you're right back into that rut it's no different than if you go out today and you eat the biggest you know we went last night to leona's steakhouse if you've never been there it's close to heaven so go and it was like a really huge steak was the first time i didn't finish it i brought half of it home gonna eat it for lunch today but uh but here's the thing i can go eat the biggest i think it's the biggest best steak in texas and, and and I can eat that, and I can eat the potatoes, and I can eat the, I could eat the blackberry cobbler with the ice cream. I'm almost worshiping that. That's <laughs> idle. Anyhow, I eat all that stuff. But you know what? I woke up this morning and went. Now, if I didn't eat, y'all wouldn't want to be around me, and my wife wouldn't. Be. But what if I went two or three days and went, boy, that steak was good. That's a, it. Ain't going to be a couple of days. I'm going to forget that steak because I got an overwhelming. Power in me that's going, feed me. And so many of us come on Sunday, it doesn't matter who's preaching, okay? But when you hear God's word and it's good and you can walk out and be like, God spoke to me, it was good, man, I, I fed on that. Two days from now, probably won't take that long. If you don't continue to feed yourself, then you're not going to be thinking about what that person preached on Sunday. You're going to be overwhelmed by the world and what it's demanding and the flesh is demanding of you in so much that you're like, I don't know what I need to do. Feed that spirit man. Feed that spirit man. And you'll see life come to you. Now, think about this with life being as a well. I'm almost done. Stay with me. Psalm 84.11 says this, that God is a sun and a shield. He gives. He gives. Grace and glory. No good thing will we, will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Receiving the goodness of God is walking. Walking uprightly means I'm walking with Jesus. Think about every day in the garden. God placed man there. He put man to work there to take care of the garden. And every day God would come to him and he would walk in the garden with him and he would fellowship and he would see the goodness of God. And I'll go into this greater tonight because I don't have time this morning. But basically our part, faith is tending to. He says later in chapter 2, he said he placed Adam in the garden to tend to, which means to work it, and to keep it, which means to guard it, okay? And so as believers, God gives us, he has already, think about this, he's already prepared everything for us. Everything, all of our provision, everything that we need, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever it is, God prepared before he ever created Adam and Eve. Everything was set. Then he placed man into his plan. It was good. It was very good. He said, I want you to tend and keep, work and keep, work and guard the things that I have given you and I prepare for you. You have everything that you need. And he came and he walked with man day in and day out. Isn't that the Christian life? God gives us his grace. God gives us salvation. God gives us an abundance and a multiplication of everything so that we can live life and live it abundantly in Christ Jesus. Our part is to live by faith and go work it, take care of what God's given you, and guard it. Because there's always a snake in the garden looking for his opportunity to rob it away. We'll go more into that tonight. But uh, when you look at God's provision... There's a lot of different routes we could have took on this passage of Scripture. One of them would be God's provision. Most of the time we think about God's provision for us, we think about money because we think money is what's going to fix us, and it's not. And maybe you're here this morning, you need physical provision in your life. God gives you exactly what you need. But more important than that, God's looking at the inward man. 
And maybe you're here and say, I'm broke and I ain't got a job and, you know, we need money and we're struggling physically and all this. And you're telling me that, that God wants to provide something spiritually. What does that got to do with where I'm at physically? Let me answer that. When God provides, God provides love. God provides peace. And I'm just giving you a few things. Goodness, kindness, hope, strength, courage, wisdom, favor. Mercy, humility, guidance, faith, character, perseverance, all of these different things that God is working in you. That's what the Word of God moves in you. Say, so how in the world is that? Because when you have those things in you, the Bible said you will continue in Second Peter to multiply and to abound. Okay. Now think about this. When, when God multiplies and abounds life in me spiritually, He provides for me abundant physically. How is that? No education will take you farther than God's favor. Period. Okay? You understand that? You can get all the education in the world and a person who is lost and does not have God's favor, I'll take God's favor over a degree any day. When you take a person who has a character that the Bible teaches them to have, that they're diligent with what they have, that they're a faithful steward or a manager, and that they show the character of kindness and goodness and, and humility, that person is way more apt to get the job than somebody who is arrogant and prideful and wicked and untrustworthy. You understand where I'm coming from? God develops the inward man in abundance so that he can bless the outward man in abundance. And if you have struggle all the time, with physical provision, you need not look at the outside world. You need to take a look on the inside and let God bring you to life there first. Y'all with me? Man, that's good stuff. Y'all ought to be excited about that. Amen. Amen. I don't pay my bills. Well, you're missing it. You're missing it. Because God God is overly good. I'm here to tell you. And if you, you got any emails on that, please send them to me because I'll rip that apart. Okay? There's your offer. Let me finish up this message, and we'll go up more into that tonight. I, I do want to encourage you. By all means, please come back tonight. Normally we don't, but we're going to put tonight on podcast because I, I got so much hope that this message is going to change you and help you. Um, but I want to look in, in chapter 2 and verse 1, okay? Uh, for you, if you're here and you say, I've got all these physical issues in my life and, and things that are going on and all this stuff, How, what has this got to do with that? Notice what it says in chapter 2, verse 1, Thus the heavens and the earth... All the hosts of them were finished. Everything was finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work which he had done. Not because he was tired. God doesn't tire. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. The Bible says he was rested because he was finished. Okay? And so then it says, then God did what? He blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which he had created and made. Now think about this. Don't make this religious. People want to give us, oh, I mean, you're supposed to go to church on the seventh day. And they, no. God's, God's teaching us a, 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 one of the most valuable principles that you, he can teach you is this. Think about this. What day did God create Adam and Eve? He created everything. And then on the sixth day, the last day of creation, he created Adam and Eve and he gave them the ta-da moment. You know, look what I made for you. Ta-da. And they were like, wow. And what did Adam and Eve do after that? All they did was they entered into God's rest. Adam didn't help God create anything he had no part no works no nothing in that 
He's like, man, what, what are we going to eat? I don't think Adam was, Lord, you know, I'm really worried about tomorrow. What are we going to eat? What are we going to do? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Lord's like, I've already prepared everything. I was thinking of you the whole time I was doing this. Understand, where you, whether you believe it or not, Psalm 139 says his thoughts of you are more than the sands of the sea. He's thought about your life. He's fashioned your days. The Bible said, you watched me as I was being formed in my mother's womb. Man, it's so good. And you fashioned my days and wrote them in a book before there was even one. You understand how much God loves you? He's like, I've already fashioned your days. I already have my plans for you. It's good. It's very good. I prepared before the foundations of this world. Everything that you're going to need to have live and have it abundantly and have it eternally. I've already went before you. What are you worried about? And that's what rest is. Rest is they just entered into God's rest. And every week God reminds us, look, slow down because work's not going to give you life. Physical bread's not going to produce what you're looking for. The things of this world is not going to give you life. And we come to a place we should, and we should do it spiritually every day, to where we come and we sit down and we're like, you know what? I need to rebuild, and I need to be revived in my heart. You should rest in the Lord every day. Before he placed Adam in the garden to work, he placed Adam in a day of rest. You have to work and live life out of rest. If you're not working out of rest, you're not being productive. You're not accomplishing anything. Some of us, you ever been in a place where... You get farther behind, or maybe you get more and more work. I just gotta work more, and I gotta work more, and I gotta work more, and you get to where you're working longer days, more days, seven days a week. My brother is terrible about this. I got out of that business a long time ago because I saw what was coming. But every time I call him for the last 20 years, I call him and go, hey, bub, what's going on? I can tell you what he's gonna say. Man, it's working. I'm just behind. See, you know what? You're gonna be behind on your tombstone when you die. Because you think that the more you work, the more you're going to produce. And you're not. The more you rest, the more you'll see productivity in your life. You know, one time communists tried to change the days of the week in the calendar to make it a 10-day week instead of a 7-day week. You know what they found? Way less productivity. God built us to rest. Not physically. Not just physically. I think you should rest physically. Absolutely. But to rest in Him and to go, this is not what life is about. He is life. And when He, when I rest in Him knowing that He's sovereign, that He's in control, Adam was not fretting anything. He was chilling. Is what he was doing. He was resting in how great God was. He was overwhelmed. He didn't have doubt or concern or anxiety. Or depression or, or, you know, any of those stuff. He was just like, whoa, man. And God was like, what do you think? Lord, you know, I'm hungry. Well, eat. I've already provided for you. Here's all the fruit you choose, you pick. It's good. It's not just, you know, one plum here on an empty tree. It's a, it's abundant. It's just multiplied. God still has that. And most of us never receive it because we don't rest. What we do when you keep on trying to produce everything in your own life, in your own means, what you're saying is, God, I don't trust you. I don't believe your word. I don't think you're great. I don't think the life you have for me is good. So I'm going to go to this other tree. And I'm going to partake of this tree. Because this old snake over here told me that you don't love me, that you're not good, that your ways are boring, and I'll never be happy your ways. I'm going to try his ways. And you're getting up six foot deep. And so in that, if you're here this morning, it starts, like I said, on the inside. And i got to shut this message off because I'm out of time, but I do want to bring out this point. More than anything else, you need life. 
If you don't know Jesus, if you've never come to a place to trust in Christ and Christ alone for your salvation and to have a relationship with Jesus, a living, life-giving, productive relationship with Jesus, he came and finished. What was the last words he spoke on the cross? It is finished. Everything that needed to be done so that I can have life, Eternal, abundantly, productively, absolutely, Christ made that way through the shed blood on the cross. And that is the only way. And you remember what he said in Matthew 28? I mean, verse uh, chapter 11, verse 20 through 30, he said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you Sabbath. I will give you rest. Man sinned. And what happened? Man was cursed. Because of that sin, and man worked by the sweat of his brow, and he wrestled against thorns and thistles, and he was looking forward to going back to the dirt that he worked his whole life, because none of those things could produce life. They only took away from life, and they produced death. That are people, that right there is people who are burdened and heavy laden. Every day you walk by, maybe you're one of those people who your life is burdened and heavy laden. I can't get, I just can't find peace. I can't find hope. I can't can't find life and I'm doing all these things that the world's telling me to do and I'm working harder and it's just a fight and it's a battle. It's because sin robs. Sin takes away. God gives and God produces. And Jesus said, you just bring your burdens to me. You come to me. You know what salvation is? It's when a person goes, I've had enough of this. I've had enough of what sin produces and I need life. And Jesus said, come to me. Bring all your burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you for my burden is, is uh, or my uh, yoke is easy and my burden is light. God, to, some of you think, well, if I, if I give my life to Jesus, it's going to be, he expects all this. He expect, it's already finished. What's he expecting? Can you tell me that? Logically. Can you tell me what you think he's expecting? Well, he expects me to be at church every Sunday. Really? You think God's that boring? I would imagine if you walk with Jesus, you'll be like, I can't wait for Sunday. I can't wait to be with God's people. I can't wait to worship God with my with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, I think God's going to expect me to be perfect. No, He knows you're not perfect. He's going to put within you a heart's desire to strive to be perfect because you want to honor and glorify Him. Will you fail? Yes. Will you fall? Yes. But you know what a yoke is? It's something that two people are in. He's on one side and you're on the other. When you fall, He just... Picks you up and he keeps right on going. Where is he leading me to? Home. He's leading you back to the garden where you were intended to thrive and to find life. But you don't got to wait for heaven. Okay? God says, I'll restore you and make you new right now. So whatever need you have in life this morning, saved or unsaved, God says, I want you to come and rest. Some of you need to start resting. To God, I'm going to trust you. I'm gonna quit crying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit carrying all these burdens that's just bogging my life down, that's robbing me of joy, that's robbing me of peace, that's taking away my, my marriage, that's taking away, you know, my dreams in life, Lord. And I just want to come to you and try it your way. I'm gonna trust you with God. I'm just gonna trust you. And every time the devil tries to load that back on me, I'm gonna give it to you, Lord. I'm gonna tell you what you're gonna find out. You're gonna find out you're gonna have a whole lot more life. You're going to have a, a, a tremendous relationships. And you're going to see God doing the work that you tried to do all those years. This is my last illustration. I'm going to shut up. Years ago, before I started walking with the Lord, I was a born-again believer. Doing things my way. Not walking in the Word. Didn't have the Word in me. I went to church on Sundays. 
I worked like a dog, just trying to make it. By knew this and knew that, worked more and more debt, more work, and was just frustrated and angry and, and all those things that go with that kind of life. And it spilled over into my marriage. It spilled over into every area of my life. It just poisoned. And I never could, no matter how harder I worked, longer days, more days, I never could get ahead. I never could get my family where I wanted to. God, God turned my world upside down. Brought me to a place where I started resting in the Lord and went, all right, God, I'm going to do it your way. God's word started getting inside of me. You know, it's so, do I still work? Yeah. Do I still work hard? I do because I enjoy it. I really do. And God started providing for my family, not just physically, but just radically in my marriage, on my kids, in my purpose, with the dreams. Lord, I never think about, we have never missed a meal. We have never been laid on a bill. So, well, it must be nice. It is. God's good. It's very good. And he offers that not just for preachers, okay? He offers it to every single person here, paid for in full by the blood of Jesus, given to you as a gift through his word. You have to decide if you want life. Today I set before you death and cursing, life and blessing. God said, choose life. Will you stand your head bowed and your eyes closed? Let's have a word of prayer. If you want to come this morning and pray, I'll be glad to pray with you. If you want to pray by yourself, if you need to talk to me or my wife about your salvation, that's what this time is for. Father in heaven, we just bow before you. Thank you so much for this group of people. Thank you for bringing them here. God, I know it's your plan for them to hear this. And um, God, not what I have to say, but what you have to say. Lord, we thank you for the truth and the power of your word. We thank you that you give us life that you offer hope and salvation to every person that you've created. God, even even those who reject it time and time and time again, even those who are in the depths of darkness and wickedness, Lord, I thank you that you love us there and you reach to us and you call us there and you offer us that gift of grace and forgiveness and mercy. Lord, I pray over this crowd this morning uh, for those people who might be in that place where they're weighing it out and they're wondering what your intentions are. God, your intentions were clear when you gave your son at the cross because you love sinners, because you wanted to provide and make a way for us to to be forgiven that we couldn't we couldn't possibly provide. Lord, you you went to prepare a place for us, not only there but but in glory, knowing that we've got a home and a hope to look forward to. Father, I just pray this morning that that they was Come to you, Lord, dead receive that gift that you love to give them. As your people, Lord, whatever our burdens and cares are, I thank you that you're still sovereign, that you're on the throne, Lord, and that you are ready to take full control of what we let you have control of. God, may there be open hands and open hearts today, Lord, just to lift up to you, God, that you would show your glory and your goodness and your power in each and every life here. I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.